Good morning, church. It is really good to be back with you guys. But last week was super fun, wasn't it? We had a little swapping, if you will. Our hillside campus came over here. The San Isidro campus went over there. The worship was fun, wasn't it? At least it was fun for me. And we did it purposely. We did it as a reminder to remind all of us that even though we're two campuses, church, we're just one united church under Christ. And our mission and our vision is to plant a church in every zip code here in Laredo. So it doesn't matter if you've got two campuses, three campuses, four, five, or six. We will always be one church with Christ being the head of this church. Today... Today we finish our series that we've called Belong. And through the month of August, we've been looking at what it means to commit to the church, to be part of his body, to say I'm all in. Not just as a bystander, but being committed to Grace Bible Church. What have we been looking at and what it means to be a member here at Grace Bible Church. And let me just celebrate a couple of things with you guys. Since the series began, we've had 163 people sign up to our membership workshop. 163 people saying, you know what, I'm going to commit to this church. But we have other workshops coming up. So if you haven't signed up for a workshop, you can do so. You can scan this QR code. It will send you to the link for registration for our work new members workshop. We want everybody to say, I'm in. If this is your church, commit. Celebrations. I want to celebrate at this time 13 new members here at Grace Bible Church. We have a picture of them. If you're here right now, would you guys stand up? There you go. Thank you, guys. Thank you for saying I am in. You guys may be seated. I am in. I'm going to be a member here at Grace Bible Church. And what does it mean to be a member here at Grace Bible Church? We can narrow it down to five very important things. Number one. That we commit to come Sunday mornings and worship corporately. That's our commitment. Being a member here at Grace Bible Church means that we will serve in one of the ministries here at Grace Bible Church. Jesus says that he came not to be served but to serve. Number three, being a member here at Grace Bible Church means that you are going to sign up in a community group. Learn together, learn from each other, pursue Christ together, hold each other accountable. Being a member here at Grace Bible Church means that you will financially, sacrificially support the ministry here at Grace Bible Church. And the fifth thing, being a member here at Grace Bible Church means that you and I will be on mission. We step out of our comfort zone and go and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to focus on today as we conclude our series. What it looks like to be on mission. Let me begin by saying this, that I'm willing to bet that there's something that bothers you when you see it happening around the world, when you hear about it in the news. Something that God has put in your heart, a burden that when you hear or see it, it bothers you. Maybe, maybe when you hear of all the orphans that we have throughout this world, 
It bothers you. Maybe when you hear of the foster kids and the way they're treated or even the sex trafficking or the elderly, all these things that you hear, all these horrific news that is all around us and when you hear about it, it breaks your heart. And maybe God has put a burden in your heart for these instances, for these situations. Many people define this burden as a divine burden. And here is a definition of a divine burden. It's something that God may be laying on your heart to move, to move on, to meet a need in some way that is unique only to you. This burden often reveals a calling you embrace. I'm going to ask you, is there something that God is putting in your heart to do? A divine burden that you could react to that would change a person's life forever. Is there? And if there is, what are you doing about it? And if you're not doing a single thing, I need to ask you, why not? 16 years ago, church, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I went home and I told my wife, I said, CJ, this good news that I accepted, it's great news. This void that I had in my heart is now overflowing with joy. This burden that I felt on my shoulders has been lifted. And I want to get on the rooftop and share it and shout it with every single person that I encounter with. God put a burden in my heart 16 years ago to share the gospel. And here I am now. Never, listen, never in a million years would I ever have thought that I'd be a pastor. If you were to ask me 16 years ago, hey, Eddie, will you be a pastor one day? I would say, no way. I would respond in this way. There would be a better chance for me being a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader than me ever being a pastor. But here I am now. But you know, it's really rare that you know that you are in front of something that's going to be great. Rarely do you know that you are on the front end of something that could change someone's life forever. Forty years ago, church, five families got together and established Grace Bible Church. We just celebrated 40 years this August. God put a burden in these families' hearts for a church to be established, for a biblical, truth-speaking church. These families looked around their community. They felt the need, how there wasn't any churches that only proclaimed from the Bible that only proclaimed the true gospel and they reacted to it. Never in a million years that they would ever expect to see how Grace Bible Church has turned out. Two campuses planting others. Millions of lives being changed throughout the 40 years. Proclaiming the gospel through this church. Salvation has come to Laredo through this church. Grace Bible Church. These families felt a need. They moved on it. They trusted God. And here we are. And it all started with a divine burden. And that's how it started for one man named Nehemiah. 
So if your Bibles with you, please open them up to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. We're going to begin in verse 3. Nehemiah is Old Testament. So go back to Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 3. We are going to get you a little bit of context before we jump into the verses. And here's where this is taking place. It's around 587 B.C. And during this time, there was a really, really evil king by the name of King Nebuchadnezzar. And this king decides to go into Jerusalem. The Babylon nation goes into Jerusalem and destroys the city completely. Burns, burns it down. And then they grab the Israelite people and bring them back into captivity. Decades go by and some of the Israelite people start to go out to disperse, to leave the Babylonian kingdom. And some people go back to Jerusalem and they go back to a ruined city. No civilization, no temple, no wall that protected them around the city. 140 years since the destruction, this man by the name of Nehemiah hears about his city and how it's in ruins. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem completely broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Now Nehemiah wasn't a pastor. Nehemiah wasn't a priest. Nehemiah wasn't a prophet. Nehemiah was just a servant to the king. He was a cupbearer whose responsibility was to keep the king happy. Nehemiah didn't have a anointed position, what Nehemiah had was passion. I mention this because some of you may not be moving on a burden because you feel that you don't have a position. I'm not qualified. I'm not a ministry leader. I'm not a pastor. Church, you don't need a position. You need a passion. And to move on that passion, to move on that burden that God has placed in your heart, if you have that, and that qualifies you to make a difference. So Nehemiah, he hears the news. His, his heart is broken and he begins to weep for days. Verse 4a, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. As soon as he heard the news, he begins to weep. But he reacts to it as we're about to see. He doesn't just say, oh, that's a shame. Let me just cry for my city. No, 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 no. He moves on this burden that God has placed in his heart. He felt he needed to make a difference that would impact the lives of others. Here's my sermon point for you guys today. We need to react to a divine burden to make a divine difference. We need to. I need to, you need to not only feel the burden, we need to react to it. Because if we don't react, nothing is going to happen. We need to react to a divine burden to make a divine difference. From here on out, I'm going to get very practical with you guys. And we're going to see four things that you and I, that anybody can do to react to a divine burden that will make a divine difference. Four things. The first thing we need to do is pray continuously. If God puts a, a burden in your heart, the first thing, 
the absolutely first thing that we need to do is pray continuously. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. After hearing the news, he prayed and he fasted. Verse 4 again, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now, Nehemiah prayed for a long time. He prayed and fasted. You want to know how long he prayed and fasted for? The answer is right here. Turn back to chapter 1, verse 1 of Nehemiah. This is what it reads. Now it happened in the month of Keslev in the 20th year. What is the month of Keslev? It is equivalent to our December month. So that's when he heard the news. That's where he began to, to weep and fast around our December. Now jump back to chapter 2, verse 1. Here's how it reads. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him. So he hears the news in December, and then, and then he begins to react in the month of Nisan. That's four months. He fasted and prayed for four months, seeking after God, asking for wisdom. God, what shall we do? What shall I do? The first thing we need to do when God has put a divine burden in our hearts, before we take that first step in anything, we need to pray continuously. And he prays and prays, and this is what happens next. Again, chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you're not sick? This is nothing but sadness of your heart. And then it says that Nehemiah was very afraid. Why was he afraid? Because his responsibility as a cupbearer was to make the king happy. If he had a sad face before the king, and if it saddened the king, he would have gotten killed. Back then, there was no way you would bring a burden to the king. As a matter of fact, if you would bring bad news to a king, you would be killed. So Nehemiah is like, uh-oh, he notices that I am sad. He notices that I have a burden. And here I go. I'm going to speak up. I hope I don't get killed. Verse 3, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? What he's saying, look, the city where I come from, completely destroyed. Wouldn't you react the same, king, if you heard that the city where you lived, where your families were, were destroyed as well? Verse 4, then the king said to me, what are you requesting? He musters up the courage he tells the king what's wrong, and the king says, okay, Nehemiah, what do you need? And watch what happens next. Verse 4b, so I pray to the God of heaven. He's prayed for four months. God, direct my steps. What should I do? And then he is there face to face with the king. And before he takes that next step which God put in his heart, he prays one more time. Church, we need to pray continuously. Pray. And pray and pray. We can't, we shouldn't move without prayer. At a very young age, God put a burden 
in Karen Paulson's heart for adoption. For you guys that don't know who Karen Paulson is, she is our director of discipleship here at Grace Bible Church. And at the age of 14, she felt this burden that God had put in her heart, a divine burden, that one day she would adopt. Years go by. She meets Steve Paulson. And before they even get married, Karen says, hey, look, Steve, we're going to get married, but we're going to adopt, okay? Steve says, okay. Years go by after that. And God puts another burden in Karen's heart, Africa. So now she has these two burdens that God has placed in her heart, adopting kids and Africa. So she goes back to Steve and Steve says, let's pray. And they started to pray and continued to pray, asking God for direction. What is this burden that you're putting in my heart? What shall we do, God? The first thing we need to do is pray continuously. The second thing that we need to do is you need to have a precise purpose. There needs to be a precise purpose. For most of us, it's not a lack of caring. It's a lack of clarity. We kind of know what we want to do, but we don't know how. And really, sometimes we don't know exactly what we're called to do. But watch, watch how Nehemiah had such clarity, such precise purpose. The king says, what do you want me to do? And here's what Nehemiah says, verse 5. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king... And if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. One sentence, Nehemiah says, I want to go back to my city to rebuild it. I want to rebuild the wall. Precise, purposeful. What do you want to do? Is there something in your heart? A divine burden. Have you defined it clearly? Maybe you're saying, okay, I, God has put in my heart that I want to help children. Okay. How? Which children? The orphans? The foster kids? The kids that need help for their school supplies? How? What? Be specific. Where? Where do you want to help these children? Here locally, across river, across our oceans. You need to be able to have a precise purpose. See, if you can't define it, you probably can't do it because it will overwhelm you. There's so many needs that cover children. Be precise. Be purposeful. As the Paulsons continue to pray... God, what is it that you want? Africa, adoption, what is it? God put in their heart position. And they decided to adopt four children from Ethiopia. Here's a picture of the Paulson family right behind me. After praying and God putting a burden in their hearts, they narrowed it down. Four children, Ethiopia. And here they are. You need to define your burden clearly. Ask God, what do you want me to do? What precisely do you want me to do? Church, like I mentioned, there are so many needs you can get overwhelmed. We get so many phone calls here at Grace Bible Church. It's unimaginable. There's so many ministries that we want to partner up with. But 
to be precise and purposeful, we've narrowed down as a whole. A major calling for Grace Bible Church is to help anything having to do with families. We've narrowed it down. Kids, orphans, foster care, marriages, sex trafficking, parenting, food distribution to families in need, providing resources for family. Now listen, we're not closing the door on other ministries. We're not, again, as a whole. We do help other ministries, other people in needs through smaller communities, through our church, through our community groups. They pick a need and they go after it called Hands of Grace. Through our student ministry, we just recently went out to the park, gave out water, prayed for people all over the park. We have a ministry called Love Your Neighbor. When you see somebody, your neighbor in need, whatever it is, you let us know and we dish it out to the church family and that need should be met. Our men's ministry called the Fight Club. We've gone out there and cleaned out properties. As a matter of fact, we just got back from sheetrocking an elderly couple's home because rain just collapsed on them and tore their house to bits. We are here to minister. But hear me, as a whole, as Grace Bible Church, we've narrowed down the ministries we support. Anything having to do with families. I love what one pastor said. He said this, do for one what you like to do for all. Don't be overwhelmed with so many needs in ministry that you can't even take the first step. Be precise. Be purposeful. So let me ask you again. Is there something in your heart that God is asking you to move on? What is it? Be precise. In one sentence, define it. Maybe God is calling you to help the foster children. Move on that. Adopt a child. Move on that. Maybe. Maybe God is calling you to financially help a child to be able to go to fall camp. We're growing as a church and fall camp is two weeks away. There's so many new families, so many new kids that are coming in that can't afford to go to fall camp, to retreat with other kids. And that breaks my heart. If that's a calling that you're feeling right now, after service, go to the fall camp table and say, you know what, I want to be precise. I want to sponsor a child to be able to go to this retreat with other kids. We need to, church, react. How do we do that? How do we react to divine burden, to have a divine difference? We pray continuously. We have a precise purpose. The third thing is we need to plan carefully. We need to have a plan. See, I truly believe that a goal Without a plan, it's just a wish. And many of us just do that. Oh, I wish. I wish that issue would go away. No. You need to move on it. You need to react on it. You need to make a plan and move. And it doesn't have to be a perfect plan. Just have a plan so you know which way to go. Watch how Nehemiah plans it all out. Verse 6. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him. I don't know why it's in there in the Bible. I think it's just to show us who really was in control back then. How long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. So Nehemiah, how long will you be gone? Nehemiah didn't go, oh, I haven't thought of that. Hmm, I guess about to. No, 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 no. This is how long and this is when I'll be back. Perfect. Planned out. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river. 
that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. He was ready to answer the questions that they had. He asked for two things. I need protection. Make sure that I get to Judah, please. And I need provision, material, so I can rebuild the wall and have a place to stay while I'm doing it. And watch. Watch what happens next. Verse 8b, and the king granted me what I asked. And why did he grant what he asked for? For the good hand of my God was upon me, he says. See, Nehemiah, he sought after God. He prayed continuously. And then he knew exactly what he needed to do. He was precise and purposeful. He planned it all out. And because he did what he did, the hand of God was upon him. The Paulsons prayed and prayed. And God said, adopt four children from Africa. But then the planning needed to begin. And boy, did they have to plan. They needed to take courses. They needed to be educated on what it meant to adopt children. Steve and Karen needed to rebuild their home, completely remodel it so they could accommodate four new members to the family. Karen needed to, to get ready emotionally for what's to come. She joined a ministry kind of like our regeneration. But more importantly, they needed a plan financially because Adoption Church is not cheap. So Steve sent out an email to some of his friends asking, see if they would help plan the financial burden of adopting. And one of Steve's friends forwarded that email to a guy he knew. This gentleman connects with Steve directly via a phone call and says, Steve, I've heard about your burden. And God has put a burden in my heart to fill your burden. This gentleman paid 100% of all the expenses for the Paulsons family so they could adopt. $30,000. $30,000. Karen was already preparing and making bake sales and cookie sales and all these sort of sales. Steve calls Karen and tells her the great news and they begin to weep and praise God. But not only that, church their church community, Grace Bible Church, was able to support the Paulson's family for one whole year completely. A hundred percent. They prayed continuously. They knew exactly what they needed to do. They planned for it. Planned for it carefully. And the result, the hand of God was upon them. Church, if you have a divine burden and you move towards it, the hand of God will be upon you. What do we need to do to react to a divine burden, to make a divine difference? Pray continuously. Have a precise purpose. Plan carefully. And the fourth thing, persuade people passionately. 
We need to get others involved. Maybe we need to get involved with others and move forward on this divine burden. Watch. Watch how Nehemiah, he meets up with some of the officials back in Judah and Jerusalem. And he persuades them. Chapter 2, verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? How Jerusalem is just completely burned to the ground? Come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God and all that he did. His hand was upon me for good. And also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, you know what, let us rise and build. Let us rise and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. He gathered his people and said, we have a burden, look around. They came together. They moved upon that burden. They reacted to that burden. And here we are, seeing, reading the difference that that made a thousand years later. Over 2,000, over 3,000 years later. A burden that was corrected. A burden that made a divine difference will be heard for generations to come. Because they reacted to that burden that God has placed in their hearts. We need to react to a divine burden, church, to make a divine difference. I began by asking you a question. I'm going to conclude by asking you the very same question. Is there something that God has placed in your heart to move? Something that you could do that would make a difference in someone else's life. And if there is, what are you doing about it? Are you reacting to that divine burden? And if you're not, why not? What's holding you back? Here at Grace, we have several ministries that you can join and help. Together, make a difference. Behind me is a QR code. If you scan that QR code, it would list all the ministries that we help financially, that we help corporately, that we come alongside and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ with them and for them. We help ministries such as Love Your Neighbor, the ministry that I mentioned a little while ago, Our Forever Hope, Gifts of Dignity, Casa Hogar Elim, Regalos de Amor, Bridge Ministries, and we can go on and on and on and on. There are so many needs in Laredo Church that we need to make a difference. Let's not just come to church. Let's be the church. Go out. And share the good news of Jesus Christ. Love one another the way Christ has told us to do so. To make an impact that will change a person's, a community's life. Be a church that says, send me. Let's pray. Father, again, I thank you so much that you didn't just didn't react but you did react. You moved on the, our sin burden. I thank you that you sent your son to save a sinful people. But Father, you have called us through your son Jesus Christ to do the same. So Father, I pray that we are a church that is sent out to wash feet, 
to serve others, to share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. A revival needs to be done. Why not begin through us? We love you, Father. We praise you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Listen, church, next week we begin a series on the gospel of Mark. We're going to be in this gospel for two years. We're going to go way in depth. Bring your Bibles. Bring a notepad. We're going to learn so much through God's word. As a matter of fact, I picked up this journaling booklet at Bridge Ministries of the Gospel of Mark. It's got the Gospel of Mark in there, and it's got sheets so you can write down notes. If you want to, you can go pick up one at Bridge Ministries. It'll support them, and it'll help you as we go through this journey together. Here at Grace Bible Church, we'll always and only teach from the book, the only book, the Bible. God bless you. As always, I love you guys.